Welcome to the Thundercast, your martial athletics podcast produced by the fans, for the fans, with your hosts, Russ Livingood and KD Hudnall. We're bringing you the thundering word on the thundering herd each and every week. So keep it right here. The Thundercast is on the loose. Thanks for downloading another episode of the Thundercast. Russ, I'm not even going through the links to our social medias. That's all in the descriptions because it's freaking game week, baby. Football season is here. We've got a damn preview that we're going to talk about. Game coming up against Albany. We've got a, a great five things and uh, some really awesome around the herd stuff too because athletics is in full swing now. Soccer teams are kicking ass. I mean, there's just no need to prolong an intro Let's just get into it. So um, let's get a quick word from our sponsors at 304carwreck.com. If you've been hurt in a wreck, visit 304carwreck.com on the web or on Facebook. Matt and Jason are experienced injury lawyers in Huntington who have helped many people just like you with claims throughout West Virginia, Ohio, and Kentucky. Car wrecks, truck wrecks, and injury claims aren't just something they do. It's what they do. Find them at 304carwreck.com. Russ, give me, uh, let's, well, I guess I should say, let's, let's kick this freaking season preview or game one preview episode off the right way and give me, I don't know how many things, but at least five things every herd fan needs to know this week. How about a bonus thing? Five plus one. It. We've got six things every herd fan needs to know this week. As always, brought to you by IgniteLink, the Tri-State's premier IT management team. All really good, but let's start with this. Stephen Dix Jr. and Rasheen Ali are both on the watch list for Comeback Player of the Year. Yeah. Also, Ethan Driscoll named to the Senior Bowl watch list. So let's so let talk me, about this. Let those. me start at the beginning. Uh, I yep. don't think anybody is surprised by Rasheen Ali, right? Because right. he had a killer year in 21. Mm-hmm. And it really had, when he did start playing in 22, he led the team in rushing the final three games. So uh, he's poised to have that year. I think the wild card for Herd fans is Stephen Dix Jr. because we just don't know much about the guy. He was on Florida State's roster the past couple of years, and he's a freaking specimen, first off. Yes, I mean, yes. he's a freaking specimen. So if he comes in and has a comeback player of the year type season, holy moly, it could take this Marshall defense and that linebacking core to a completely different level because the guy is special. He had really great stats at Florida State. So to land two guys on these type of award list or watch list, it tells you that that uh, there are people out there that expect big things from these two guys. And I'm just going to toss out real quick about Ethan Driscoll. I think it's really freaking awesome that mm -hmm. uh, he landed on the Senior Bowl watch list. That's a big deal. Folks don't really, I think, fully understand because those teams are coached by NFL coaching staffs. And mm -hmm. it's a showcase game. So you, you yep. get an opportunity to say, hey, I can play with guys that are going to be in the NFL. Yeah. Some guys are going to be high draft picks. Some guys are going to be mid-round or late-round. And there's going to be some undrafted, undrafted free agents free that agents. are going to stick. I think the surprising thing to me is that we don't see Owen Porter on that list right now. And we don't see Micah Abraham on that list right now. Could they sure. be added midseason? Absolutely. Yeah. But a guy that's on the short list for Defensive Player of the Year in the Sun Belt, surprising that we didn't see him there. But all three great freaking accolades to start out this five things. Yeah, I just want to say about Stephen Dix Jr. a couple of things. One, I feel like he's flying below the radar. Very that much. just just not enough people talking about him. We've talked about him. I don't think nationally or even people that are covering the Sun Belt, there's just not enough 
recognition for what uh, we believe he's capable of doing. And I mm-hmm. think this coaching staff knows what he's capable of doing. Yeah. But number two, it finishes that pipeline or continues that pipeline that we've been talking about. We had an entire feature on that last year about this pipeline coming from Florida State to Marshall. Uh, famously, I don't think it's going to get any better than Randy Moss. But, <laughs> you know, we did pretty daggone good last year. And uh, I think that he's prime for a breakout, breakout year. Yeah, and it's not just him, right? It's Lloyd Willis as well. Sure, yeah. Bolster that offensive line. And we still haven't seen a two deep yet. Maybe that'll get uh, released, you know, the week one two deep. But it, it hasn't been released yet. You know, there's speculation of who may be that fifth offensive lineman starting. Will it be him? Will it be Altrick Barlow coming over from TCU? It's going to be one of those things that we'll obviously find out when the depth chart comes. But either way, both of those additions on the offensive line are massively big and provide whoever's not starting is going to provide instant depth right there. And Stephen Dix Jr., is, I, he's performed really well at Florida State. And I think, you know, he there's no reason to think that he's not going to have that bounce back year. This is just a great way to start it off. Yeah, and uh, props to Ethan Driscoll as well. You know, we – we talked about on, or I did specifically, and I always own everything that I say on here. Um, you know, he has gotten accolade after accolade after accolade this preseason. I think he is primed. I picked him, I think, for breakout player the the year on on offensive line when we were doing that position group. But I said I hope that he can get uh, some of these uh, penalties uh, under wraps of so the the holding here and there, and uh, you know, but. That has nothing to do with his athletic ability and everything. You know, sometimes it's just a little thing that, boom, you snap and you make a change and decide, hey, I'm no I'm no longer going to grab a jersey or whatever. But I also feel like they kind of pick on him because of the size that he's at. Yeah, You know, it, it's kind of like, well, let's watch him really close and they'll yeah. get him for holding. It really feels like when guys used to drive a lane on Shaq and they would just go, you know, flailing off into the, <laughs> the sideline. But it's like, he's just that big. He's not right. doing anything. But yeah, I, I'm going to own it a little bit too. I've picked on Ethan, you know, but I think with the further development of Cam Fancher and his comfortability in the uh, offense and that mobility that he brings, it's, it's going to help guys like Ethan and, and, and uh, whoever's on the other edge of the offensive line you know, it's going to make their job a little bit easier. So. And pro- probably picked on is not the right word. We have just, you know, stated the facts of, you know, there's been yeah. too many, too many. I, I These guys are harder on themselves than we ever will be. So I know if they get a holding penalty and it stalls a drive or knocks them back five yards, they're beating themselves up worse yeah. than our words ever will to just say, you know, we hope that he – uh, you know, has less holding penalties this year. You know, plus I love getting proved wrong. I love that. I, Absolutely, I, I, yeah. All right, number two, Alexis Wolgamuth named SBC Women's D- Soccer Defensive Player of the Week. Yeah, pretty cool, right? Uh, women's soccer, we believe, is going to be much improved this year. They're off and running. We talked about it last week. Uh, actually, both of our soccer programs are off and running. Real quick, before I check, just off the top of my head, has either team allowed a goal yet? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Yeah. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm. I, we'll get to it in around the herd, and I'll get proven <laughs> wrong, and I'll say that's the only mistake I've ever made. But anyway, uh, she has been a freaking wall so far yeah. this this year, yeah. and uh, everyone that has. Uh, gone to the games has commented on such on social media or message boards or whatever as well it's not just our observations uh the stats back it up the eye test for everybody that's going to the games backs it up so 
looking like that's going to help a lot. You know, a great goalie can take you a long way in uh, in soccer. Number three, Essence Clerkley wins the Volleyball Preseason Hard Hat Award. I, I love these types of awards. You know, these internal awards that are given out by the coaching staff and or the peers that uh, that decide on who wins it. So that's always a good sign, too, when somebody's uh, getting a hard hat award for their hard work. Well, it's very indicative of the – we say this all the time. It's very indicative of the overall just nature of Huntington and Marshall as a fan base, you know, as a, as a, as a, as a town, a city of Huntington. It's just a hard-working tight place, and those hard hat awards mean something. You know, it's a, you're recognized for you, what you're doing, and it's not just about stats. It's the effort that you're putting in. Those are great things. Like hustle plays, and I know that goes a long way with a lot of people, you know, and we talked about all the time last year, particularly when we were talking about softball, and, you know, th- though she's not on the roster anymore, Autumn Owen always running to where she was going, on the field, off the field. It was never a walk or a jog. It was always a run, even if it was chasing a foul ball. Those kind of things do not go unrecognized, and they go really appreciated to some fans that really, uh, you know, can can appreciate that type of effort. So Essence getting this is is really really cool for her. It's 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 a cool award that the coaching staff recognizes what you're doing. You're being a leader on your team in a different way. You know, you you also might put up gaudy stats, but it's that hustle. It's that it's that um, you know setting the tone type thing that I I think is just really special. The next one that we have here is the We Are Thankful games that was announced for thing number four here. Uh, Each uh, sport is going to have a We Are Thankful promotion tied to it. And men's soccer is already gone. I'm going to go ahead and say what that was, though. On Thursday, August 24th game uh, against Oakland, Oakland, uh, ticket was free admission. Uh, Tire is wear green. Uh, if you want to purchase the We Are Thankful gear that they have in the Marshall Bookstore. Um, next up is volleyball uh, on August the 31st at 6 p.m. Moorhead State. And that is on Thursday. Tickets, free admission, attire, wear green, or purchase the We Are Thankful gear at Marshall Bookstore. Women's soccer, theirs is Thursday, September the 7th at 6 p.m. Miami, Ohio, ticket, free admission, attire, same, wear green or purchase that we are thankful. Football, Saturday, November the 25th, the uh, the end of the season home game against Arkansas State. Ticket is a discounted ticket. There's more information coming soon. They don't have that out yet. The same on the attire uh, that you're wearing green for that game or the we are thankful gear that's available and uh, further info on that, they're going to have the Marlana, Marlana Van Hoos singing God Bless America, doing a military flyover and a large flag display on the field. So who does this go to? It's an initiative where we honor and celebrate our military, first responders, and local heroes. So if you are in that camp, you have free or discounted promotion tickets coming up for these sporting events. Men's soccer is already gone. Sadly, you know, we shooting schedule. We just didn't get to talk about it when it was announced. It's just cool. I mean, yeah. and, and also don't forget that that's going to be senior day for the football team. That's right. Yeah. So you're going to be honoring several all time. Great. Like all time, all time greats. And that's just a game that, you know, if Marshall's in a position, even if they're not in a position to be making some really 
special type noise, we should be there. You know, everybody should be there because, you know, it's your last opportunity to see guys like Mike Abraham, Owen Porter, you know, on the on the field uh, at Jones C. Edwards Stadium. And for all that they've given to us over the years, showing up for them one time in particular when they're being honored for their careers and, and contributions to her football, you know, weather be damned, right? If I could be right. there, I would be there. You know, but I, I'm I'm always just lucky to get back once, maybe twice, and you know. But I know folks that live locally, hour hour and a half ish away, they'll they'll turn out because they're yeah. going to want to see that local legend in Owen Porter, you know, uh, be honored and and you know all the other guys too. There's going to be a myriad of seniors that are making their final start for the herd at Jones Edwards Stadium. But these th- we are thankful games are just another great promotion to show a little appreciation to this community. And, uh, you know, get more folks to games, right? Now, one thing that they are asking is that if you're going to go to these, that you RSVP so they can go ahead and allocate so they can estimate how many people are going to be there uh, that they need to reserve those tickets for and everything. So we're going to talk about something here in a minute of don't procrastinate. And this is one of those things. If you want to get a free ticket or if you want to get the discounted tickets, go ahead and contact them. Tell them you plan to be at that game. And they'll go ahead and set it aside for you. Yeah, this is an opportunity to get ahead of this and not turn it into something. It's like, well, they said it was free, and then they didn't have any tickets left. And it's like, yeah. well, you asked on Thursday. You know, the yeah. game's on Saturday. Like, go ahead and ask now. Go ahead and call now, you know, and reserve it two months ahead of time. If you can't go, it's really no big deal, you know, but you want to make sure if you can, you have a seat allocated. Uh, the fifth thing, uh, this is all about soccer, and there's a lot of news in here. Uh, a lot of this came out right after we had recorded our last show. Uh, so some of this uh, you may have heard days ago, but here we go. Matthew Bell named Soccer Offensive Player of the Week in the Sun Belt. That just came out. No surprise there with his efforts. He scored four <laughs> goals on the week. A lot of people don't get that throughout the season. Um, had the hat trick in the first game. Um uh, several opportunities in the second game and he took one uh one in so named on there i've got some more stuff and then i'll let you go back and comment on all of it matthew bell also named the college soccer news as preseason all america second team matthew bell named to the mac herman trophy watch list we talked about the mac herman award last year uh Let's see. Men's soccer also landed three on the top drawer soccer, top 100 upperclassmen. That's Matthew Bell coming in at number 56. Alvaro Garcia Pasqual at 61. And Alex Sterngard at 64. It's hard for me to fathom there are 50 collegiate soccer players better than (laughs) Matthew Bell right now, but whatever. Uh, The dude's a machine, man. I mean, he's a freaking machine. Scoring machine, uh, in particular, four goals this week. I mean, how do you? Herd's had two games, two hat tricks in both games. You know, or a hat trick in both games. Marco Silva had one yesterday. Dude, these guys are like, this is worse than video game numbers. You know well, and mean? and you know, in the off season, they switched positions to for Matthew Bell and put him in what is probably a more natural position for him. Uh, and you expected his goals to just go up. You know, yeah. uh, he, he was kind of, I don't want to say a role player. He was a very pivotal uh, player in our system last year. But, you know, his talents 
are probably better utilized where he's at right now. And I think through two games, it's showing. <laughs> it's showing. Yeah, he, it's like he can play a little bit more free. You know, he's got the freedom to do more things. But, man, it's just un, it, it's unfathomable. I mean, what do they put, nine goals up in two games all of a sudden? And I don't think they've allowed – They definitely have not. Season. They have I mean, not allowed one. It's embarrassing because, you know, one to nothing is your pretty standard game. If you get to two to nothing, you're like, wow, that was pretty convincing. Three to nothing is like, whoa, they really dominated this game. Four to nothing and five to nothing in back-to-back games, man, that's just flat-out dominance. It is dominance. Yeah, and I look, saw that uh, Marshall has moved up the polls a little bit from where they were. I think they were 11. They're 11. They're up yeah. to like ninth or sixth or something yeah. like that. And I even saw a thing yesterday. I wish I'd have saved it and who it was from, but it was it was like the uh, a power ranking. And Marshall was number five in that power ranking. So a uh, lot of love for the herd early on in this season. I think they were a little underestimated. Of course, it's a long season, and we've still got Kentucky on the schedule. You know, we've still got to run the Sunbelt Gauntlet. But right now, geez, it's hard to figure that there are too many teams in this country that are better than Marshall right now. Yeah, and we are going to talk about this a lot more in-depth when we go around the herd. But those accolades about – I mean, everything that they got is deserved. But you think about in the top 100, we have three. That's impressive. But those three fall within 56 to 64. Yeah. We've got three of the top 64, and they're all bunched together. We're talking about how great uh, uh, Matthew Bell is, and the other two are just right there with him. Yeah. You know, so those three all in the middle of the pack. I, I want to go down that top 100 and see one, how many teams have three, and two, how many have them that high and then how many have somebody that's like top five and then they have some other in the 80s and 90s you know because i would say this is probably pretty unique to have 56 through 64 right there bunched together mm-hmm. all right our sixth and final thing the virginia tech game has sold out uh there is a lot of uh, hoopla over that and uh, rightfully so but then there's also some people that are I don't want to say complaining. They're just a little frustrated maybe uh, because some of the tickets were sold to SeatGeek because we have a, uh, a tie-in, a connection, a, a contract or something with them to buy up unused seats. But let's talk about that a little bit because yeah. I recall us, Ryan Crisp, the ticket office, putting stuff out on social media and here on the Thundercast on video or on audio talking about this game may sell sell out. You need to purchase your tickets because once the Virginia tech fans can get them, they could be gone. So we might not have even gotten to this point right now. They might've sold out before based on what everyone was telling you. We heard from the ticket office, better get them early. We got ours early. I got mine the day of, Mm -hmm. uh, not, the additional tickets that I needed to get. I got 11 additional tickets for that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't procrastinate. I mean, you knew folks knew months ahead of time. We knew that mm-hmm. we might not have known the actual dates. Like, okay, season tickets are going to be, you know, go on sale here. And if you're not right. a season ticket guy, okay. We did many plans. Okay. We sure. did single games for big green members. Then we did mm-hmm. single games for everybody. And you had, yeah so much time to do this and yeah i understand right it's like well i wasn't sure that i could go to the game absolutely but but at some point before the last couple days you knew if you were going to be able to go or you knew it was a really good chance you could go or you could buy the ticket and if you couldn't go you know that you'll probably be able to sell it especially if it's a sellout for sure and i'm not trying to get on the high horse right i'm really not 
Me either. But, but it's it's like you can't gripe and moan when you had months to take care of it. Yeah. And now, you know, Marshall's trying to do what they need to do to secure all of that revenue. It's like we gave y'all all kinds of chances to get your plans in order. And now we have this opportunity or like a contractual tie to right. sell the remainder of our seats to make them available. And they're not going to pass on all that revenue. You yeah. Know? So you can still buy them. You're just going to have to buy them through SeatGeek now. Or maybe some fans are going to be selling them. But we mm -hmm. preached and preached and preached and begged, begged and pleaded, please buy them through HerdZone.com. Please yeah. call 800-THE-HERD. Please walk into the ticket office and yeah. buy them. We wanted all that revenue to go directly to Marshall with no middleman. And now there's a middleman involved. And we wanted you to save you money, too, because yeah, it is all money. it is always cheapest to buy through HerdZone.com, 1-800-THE-HERD. Yep. Uh, we talked about, and Ryan Crisp, when he was on the show, talked about it. The best way to get these, he said, guys, here's first is get season tickets. And we talked about the family plan. You could have gone to Virginia Tech for an average of $16.50 if you got the family pack. And that is $99 per seat for four seats, $396. You find three other people to split that with you or your family alone. But a lot of that, you look at $396 over, that's 24 tickets in those six games. You would have been able to go to Virginia Tech, let's say right now on SeatGeek, you're like, well, it's $100. So I'm just throwing that out as a round number. That is a fourth for one seat of what you would pay for this entire package for 24 tickets all year long. So it was kind of beaten into everybody's head. Hey, you should try to do this. Then it was the mini plans. It's like, hey, we're allowing you to get Virginia Tech in the mini plan, and we're not telling you it has to be these other two teams that you have to select. They gave you the opportunity to select two other teams. Now, look, I'm on SeatGeek right now. I'm uh -huh. looking, and there are 185 listings for tickets. So I don't know if that just means there's 185 tickets or if it's like, Pairs of tickets or, you know, right. I mean, it could be a listing for four. I don't know. Sure. But the, the cheapest ticket available right now is two tickets in section 103, and it's they're $43 each plus fees. Right. And uh, you're going to do that for two. That you could have bought half of a family plan, you know, or uh, not half, but like one whole family plan for buying those two tickets or one ticket of, you know what I mean? Yeah. One of the four tickets you need in yes. the family plan if you yeah. buy those tickets. So if you think about it, if you're going getting eight tickets, you know, should have got a family plan with that or whatever, but it's always going to be cheaper to buy for the herd. So, you know, when we're telling you, you, you know, again, we're not preaching, but we're trying to save you money and get you yeah. to pull the trigger on this stuff quicker because everybody wants to go see the herd and everybody wants to go see the herd as cheaply as they can. Nothing wrong with that. So do I. Yeah. Part, I part of our, you go I, ahead. You I was going to say, I don't want to pay fees to SeatGeek. I want to pay, yeah. if I'm going to pay extra money, I want to pay it to Marshall. Yeah. So that's, that's all. Part of our goal here is to educate, you know, and put out things. Again, what are we talking about? Everything herd fans need to know. Mm -hmm. This is something they needed to know. So we've talked about this. It's like, here's your cheapest way to go to this game. Here's your best avenue. And you need to go get them early because there's a chance it could sell out. Uh, I know people are getting caught up on that. Well, why not just hold those and let herd fans get them? You're not guaranteed that that's going to happen. Virginia Tech fans could have come in here and bought all of them at that much cheaper price. And yep. it's going to be the exact same thing going on right now uh, that you're looking at. They, they gave them every opportunity before it went on sale to the, the general public. Uh, 
they said, hey, you got to be a big green member. But if you're not a big green member, say, I want Virginia Tech seats and I'd like to become a member of the big green. Please take $5 a month out of my debit card for one year. Mm-hmm. And then we all know we talk about how much you can get back on that $5 you're getting. You can make money off of it. Yeah. So I've, I've clicked the include fees button, right? So mm-hmm. now that makes those cheapest tickets $64 a piece, including, wow. including fees. 33% of fees. See? And, and going from most, 43. You're going to pay a flat fee at Marshall for like an online order. What's it like? $5? It's $5, but you don't even have to pay that if you go do it in person or whatever. Right. I think it's an over-the-phone type convenience fee because they have to charge your card and pay um, a credit card fee. or so. I can't sure. remember exactly sure. what it is, but you know that's that's pretty standard everywhere, and it is much lower than like Ticketmaster or SeatGeek oh, yeah. or sure. any of that. We're just looking here right here, jumping from 43 to 64. It is right at 33% of your... Yeah, so... And I don't know what the face value of those tickets are. I haven't looked at them, you know, what they were printed at Marshall, but they weren't 64 bucks. Yeah. 30, 33% of your total cost coming from fees is ridiculous. I mean, it's, it's a 50% 41 and then you're tacking on another 20 or 43 and you're tacking on 21 on top of that. It's damn near 50% of what you were going to pay is going on to, it's just crazy, man. It's a bummer. So now moving forward, yeah, just, just take care of it when you can. As soon as you can. You won't ever have to run into this. Yeah. Well, KD, that's all six of the six things every Herd fan needs to know this week. As always, brought to you by Ignite Link. So now we're going to take it around the Herd, or you want to do the uh, Albany preview? What do you want to do? Uh, your call. Let's go Albany preview, break it up a little bit, okay. and then we'll, we'll go right into the uh, around the Herd after that. All right, well, it's freaking game week. It is freaking game week, and that means, yes, there's a game at home, but also there's a big-ass, sweet-ass tailgate at home this week, too. A little bit. And we have been sending out personal invites and just telling whoever wants to listen to, hey, stop by, get some food, say what's up, talk the herd. You know, we're going to have a great time. I don't care if it's pouring down the rain. I'm having a great time. Uh, You know, Hurricane Idalia is closing down on me right now. It's supposed to hit my area this evening in the next 8 to 12 hours, you know, and I don't care. I mean, come hell or high water, my ass is going to be in Huntington, West Virginia on Saturday. I don't care if I have to swim there. We're going to make it to this tailgate and to the game. So, Albany Great Danes are coming to town, Russ. Game Saturday, September 2nd, 6 p.m. Eastern at the Joan. If you cannot make it, the game will be live streamed on ESPN+. Plus. So, there is no chance you can't miss the herd, right? That you can watch it on TV or you can come to the game. I hope that every last person that interacts with us on social media and some that don't are at the game. I would love to see a big Kelly Green C in the stands at the Joan to unveil that new sweet-ass video board along with the other changes at the Joan. Russ, this is the first-ever matchup between Albany and Marshall, so there is absolutely no history to go off of here. The Power Index absolutely loves the herd at home this week. 92.1% chance to win. Gotta be honest, can't believe it ain't a little higher, but it is what it is. There is no betting line on this game that I could find. There may be one out there, but I could not find one. Albany is already 1-0 on the season, so they're going to come in having those first game jitters have shaken off already. Uh, They got a 34-13 win over Fordham last week. 
and they're a little bit more pass heavy than they are run game in uh, from their offensive style through one game. 253 passing yards to 140 rush yards in that game, so take that for what it's worth. Marshall's defense, I looked at the, the uh, Albany schedule, Marshall's defense is easily the toughest defense that they will face all year long. So do not yep. be surprised if they can't do a damn thing against this herd defense. But nonetheless, Russ, give me your bird's eye view on this game before we get into players to look out for. Well, so since they went 9-5 and five in 2019, they have won seven games total in a shortened 20, and then 21, 22, and one game into 23. With, of course, what you just said, one of those seven wins came last week against Fordham. Um, also, a little uh, bit of note, wide receiver Caden Bertie transferred from here and is going to be playing on the other side of the line. He's over there at Albany. Um, they've got some stuff I want to talk more when we're doing a little more position or offense-defense breakdowns. Okay. But um, bird's eye view, it's just like we talked last year in the first game. There's not a snowball's chance, man. I mean, you know, I, I know that there's like 7.1% or whatever, but if they're really saying, you know, it, it's much lower than that. Anything could happen. You never want to come in here. Anybody remember New Hampshire? I know I do. We talked about it briefly last week, but it doesn't matter on paper. It doesn't matter on anything. Marshall is a superior team, and these types of games are kind of no doubt that's the way it is. Let me give uh, you let me give ahead. you a stat point that just keeps bugging me, right? Okay. Because I keep hearing I th I would tend to think that some of this seven point nine percent for Albany is that I keep hearing over and over Marshall's defense only returns three starters, and we know that's not true. We know it's not true because Tyquez legs started games last year. They're talking about Abraham, Neil, and Porter. That's the three right. people they're talking about. Which, and by we, the way, <laughs> I mean know, that right there. But we that know right there. there are more guys that started games for Marshall last year. We know that. Yeah. Gibby started games. Legs yeah. started games. Yeah. Burton started games. I mean, where, where, I don't know where this number came from. I, I, I don't get that. So that might be some of that in there. But, dude, I'm here to tell you, it ain't going to freaking matter. It's not going to matter. I mean, I mean you can out-depth. You can out-athlete. You can do whatever you want in games like this. Uh, they're, they are what they are, right? Just about everybody has a game like this on their schedule nowadays. Uh, but in these games, they're kind of like a let's make sure that we've got everybody, you know, up to game speed. Let's make sure that we got everybody on the same page. You know, we're we're not going to expose our game plan because we don't have to. Yeah. But these games, even if it stays close through halftime, the bigger, faster, stronger players always take over with the conditioning and all that, you know, the depth is a major issue in these games because you've got some stud athletes that are going to play in these games on the opposition. And uh, we can talk about a couple of them on here and they're going to have great years. And I think that there's some of them that could probably transfer and go play for uh, some really good teams, better than the, the, the level that Albany's at, but the depth is what separates this. You cannot put in your eighth best defensive lineman at Albany and have them be anywhere near our top eight, eight top eight 12. best defensive lineman. Well, maybe even top 12. You yeah. know, I mean, I just, I don't, it's such a drop off. 
on teams like this. The depth is what gets them. And late in the games, I mean, you're talking about uh, running Rashin Ali, and then you say, well, he's done. We've done enough. You know, let's take him out. And you're putting a fresh Toby Payne or A.J. Turner or something like that. I said Toby. I mean Ethan. Mm-hmm. But putting putting anybody in there, and you're just going to run them down because yeah. you've got fresh legs. You've got the depth to be able to do that. So this game is a no-doubter. We'll talk about a score prediction. We'll talk about further breakdown. But from a bird's-eye view, it's just no doubt, man. You, this is this is a game that you win. I would think that from a bird's-eye view, from an Albany standpoint, if I'm an Albany fan, I'm looking at this one and going, I just want to get out healthy. Yep. You know what I mean? It's that kind of game for them. We want to go have a respectable showing and just yep. get out healthy. You know, yep. that's what it feels like for me. And let, look, I went back just now as you were talking, and I was like, I wonder if the power index for Norfolk State in the opener last year is still up. And it's not. It's replaced by time of possession in that game. Yeah. But remember, it was probably similar to this power index this year. And I don't we think went, it was. Well, I, mean, I think I mean, it was much lower. Oh, well, okay. But we, we went 55-3 to three in that game. We played six freaking quarterbacks in that game. You know what I mean? Like, Ali didn't even play. And right. we had two running backs go over 100 yards in that game. Yeah. It feels very much the same kind of thing. It's like, this could be the A.J. Turner breakout game or the yeah. or the uh, Ethan Payne break. He did 100. He had 100 yards last opener. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. I, I look at this and I think, okay, you don't give anything away because you don't want to put anything on film for East Carolina. Right. We talked about that in the season preview. Yep. It's just like take care of your business, put a decent mm-hmm. showing out there for the for the fans, you know, cruise to victory, get some youngsters, some game time speed, and see what you can do. Maybe you give up some garbage time yards, maybe you give up a garbage time score. Who gives a shit? You know, who cares? This game's about going one and oh. And if you're worried about how pretty you looked in a game like this, you're not seeing big picture. Right, because you, you're more concerned with East Carolina, you're more concerned with Virginia Tech, you're more concerned with NC State and the SBC slate than you are Albany. You want to win it, but you don't want to put anything on film for the rest of the season because That's it ain't right. gonna get no easier than Albany. It's only harder from here on out, right? So let's talk we, about some of these players if you don't have anything else. Final thing I was gonna say is I'll probably talk about this a lot more uh, on our pregame tailgate show. Little okay. plug for that, but. Uh, one of the things that I watch for in games such as this, because you know you've got the better talent, you know you got the better depth, and you should win the game walking away, mm-hmm. is uh, uh, minimize uh, your turnovers, minimize your mistakes, your holding penalties, your offsides, things like that, uh, late hits. Show that you're disciplined in these games where, you know, just like you would in practice, where you should be winning this game, walking away, no contest. Show that you can curtail all those mistakes that you would make because when it matters you don't want to do those yeah for sure and i you know i've added a little bit of a wrinkle to our game previews this year i've touched on a couple more more of those um we don't i don't want to call them under the radar stats but usually it's offensive players defensive players you know we'll talk about special teams and then that's kind of it but i got a few more at the end of all that that we're going to touch on this year for this season and previews just to give the fans a little bit more knowledge going into the games but look let's start with this uh, Great Dane offense, okay? And usually you have to neutralize a quarterback to have a pretty good opportunity to win a game. That kind of goes without saying. But in this case in particular, if you can do that against this team, they're not going to really do much. So let's talk about the quarterback, number seven, Reese Poffenbarger, no, the six foot, 210-pound sophomore. All right, he went 23 of 40 last game, 253 yards, 
four touchdowns, no interceptions, and he was not sacked. Also was the second leading rusher for the Great Danes in that game last week. Eight carries for 47 yards, including a 20-yard scamper. So that guy tell, that tells me this guy is a big part of what they need to do offensively, right? Uh, leading rusher for um, the Great Danes last week was number 23 running back Nate Larkins, six foot 220. He's a senior. Check this. He's from Huntington, New York. So pretty cool tie in there. Uh, 12 carries last week for 69 yards. Nice. 5.8 yards per carry. And he caught one ball out of the backfield for another nine yards. A trio of wide receivers that we have to touch on because it's kind of a mixed bag. You've got your chain movers. You've got your deep threats. But uh, several of these guys found the end zone, right? Uh, Number two, wide receiver Roy Alexander. 5'10", 191-pound junior, led the team last week six receptions, also led the team in yards with 58, and led the team in receiving touchdowns with two, 9.7 yards per catch. Very much that chain mover type guy that happened to find the end zone, probably in the red zone. Um, Number four, wide receiver Marquise Dietz, 5'10", 187-pound sophomore, Just behind Mr. Alexander, five catches last week, 46 yards for 9.2 yards per catch. And then you get into a little bit more of a slightly downfield threat. Number 13, wide receiver Brevin Easton, 5'11", 192-pound senior. Just two catches for 31 yards, but he did find the end zone once. Good for 15.5 yards per carry. Here's where it gets a little interesting. Uh, Albany had 11 different receivers catch at least one ball last week. So it's wide receivers, tight ends, and running backs. So they spread it around a little bit. They had four guys that averaged over 10 yards of reception. And two of those guys averaged over 20 yards of reception, including one guy who had 25 yards per reception. And you mentioned former Herd wide receiver Caden Birdie transferred there in the offseason. He did have a catch last week for seven yards. Russ, let's talk about this offense, uh, what you think about this Great Danes offense before we move into the defense. Well, we uh, we covered Poffenberger pretty good there. You know, it's a good pocket presence, it looks like. Uh, decent completion rate of, I don't know what that translated, 23, uh, it's around it was 55, rough. 56. Yeah, I think it was like 59 and some change, but it's between 55 and 60. Yeah, so uh, mobile, you know, he, he took it uh, – uh, on the ground eight times for 47 yards. And you mentioned that 20, 21 yard run, but they averaged as a team, 4.9 rushing yards per carry. And they had uh, two that were well above that uh, Poffenberger being one and at uh, 5.9 yards per carry. And then Nate Larkins on 12 carries 5.8. So uh, pretty formidable. You know, you talk about uh, containing Poffenberger uh, as quarterback, but, they had a good running game too. You know, if you're up around five yards carry, that's really, really good. Um, but they have not played anywhere <laughs> near what they're going to play on Saturday. Yeah. You know, yeah. Fordham is just not going to be Marshall. Fordham's probably not going to be Hawaii, who they go to play next after they play us. Right. And that's just the way it is. So these stats are respectable. And we have to respect this. And I look for them to, you know, not just put up goose eggs just because we're Marshall and we're a a level above them. We have to do what we have to do. And we're going to have to watch this guy who can spread it around in the pocket, uh, put it on the ground when he needs to tuck it and and pick up nearly six yards of carry 
we have our work cut out for us as a defense. I think we're up to the task, but we have to respect them. Well, you do, and you mentioned it, right? Owen Porter's not lining up for Fordham. Eli no. Neal's not lining up for Fordham. Micah no. Abraham's not on that roster. Mm-hmm. You know, so these guys are – There's. we've talked about it in the breakdowns. Where the hell is the weak link on this defense? Who do you try to attack, right? And, and specifically, if you're Albany, who are you going to try to pick on, right? Yeah. Because I like the speed and the strength of our defensive line to really make it a long, hard day for that uh, Albany offensive line. Right? They didn't get they didn't give up a sack last week. Great. They also didn't play Marshall last week. So That's right. you got to give them a little bit of respect for the numbers they were able to put up. But mm-hmm. I mean, who's Fordham? I, I know who Fordham is, but and I don't mean that disrespectfully, but I don't. I, there, there's nobody I would believe on that roster that is going to be as impactful, much less be as impactful with ten other super impactful players. You know, to to afford Albany to do anything of major consequence against Marshall. Yeah, it's no comparison. And, you know, the athletes and the speed, the team speed, the team size, our team size across the line, uh, I don't think they're going to come out of this unscathed. They were not lining up against the likes of Porter and Gibby and, you know, uh, legs and just the sheer size that we can put there. Uh, McCracken going in there, you know, all the different, you know, behemoths that we have and the the strength that we have across that defensive line. Uh, So in games like this, it's almost like you want to hope instead of picking on, you want to hope that these uh, defensive backs are looking to make a spectacular play, jump the uh, route, take one to the house, that sort of thing. So you might expect maybe they would throw in some play action or pump fakes to try to burn somebody long as their way to, to get over that. Do they have the time? because of the defensive line that we're going to be taking after them and the linebackers that are coming after them. I don't know. Like <laughs> I don't know, but I don't think so. Yeah, it does not seem like it, right? And we talked about a trio of wide receivers, 5'10", 5'10", and 5'11". When we were doing our breakdowns, yeah. 5'10", was the shortest back that we had. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So the, you're already behind the eight ball from a measurable standpoint, and that's not even taking it, taking taking into account the potential disparity of uh, athleticism, right? Mm-hmm. They have. I'm looking at their roster right now. They have a handful of guys that go, you know, six two, six two. They got nobody listed over six two. There are a few wide receivers that are missing their uh, heights and weights, but they've got a couple of pretty sizable tight ends. But hey, so do we. <laughs> uh, it, it. I think we know what we have here. Let's talk about their defense. A uh, trio of guys we're going to talk about because it's pretty impressive. They put us some it impressive was. stats. Number 42, let's start with that linebacker, Dylan Kelly, six foot one, 214-pound senior. Led the team in tackles last week with 12. Nine of those solo also led the team. Two tackles for loss and two sacks. Uh, then a couple of defensive linemen that really just made it terrible for Fordham. Number four defensive lineman, Anton Junkaj, I'm going to say Junkaj, Junkaj, six foot three, 273 pound senior, six tackles, five solo, four tackles for loss, led the team last week, three sacks, tied for the team lead, a forced fumble and a quarterback hurry, and in rounding it out, his defensive line teammate, number eight, AJ Simon, six foot one, 264 pound senior, four tackles, all four of those solo, three more tackles for loss, and he had three sacks. So they had three guys that tallied all eight of their sacks. Two of those came on the defensive line where six sacks were accounted for. So these guys you're going to have to account for. And no, I'm not going to just shy away and say, well, 
you know, they didn't play the Marshall offensive line, but they didn't play the Marshall offensive line, you yeah. know? So uh, thoughts on these, this defense. Yeah, so I had him down. I went through the play-by-play is how I recorded mine, and I had him at seven sacks. I don't know if some of those were halves that got or, you know, what I mean, that totaled it up. But anyway, seven or eight, either way, that's a hell of a good performance uh, going up against an opposing team. Looking at the roster, let's just look at their defensive line. They do have some guys that are big. We've got 6'3", 273. We've got 6'1", 267. Six foot two ninety six, but that two ninety six is by far the the heaviest that they have, and after that it's two eighty two eighty one, and then they have several that are in the two twenty two seventeen on your on the defensive line. Yeah. They're tall, but you know one guy on here is six five two sixty six. You got another guy six five two forty one, and then you've got six three two forty two. Uh, six foot two thirty, six two two twenty two. It's just six three two twenty five. Yeah, I mean that's that that's not going to compare to Ethan Driscoll at six nine, and I can't remember what his weight is, but we average three hundred, if I'm yeah. not mistaken, or a little higher. Uh, you know, we just have a massive offensive line. We've got a what I feel is going to be a stronger offensive line. Can you get around that with technique? Yes, but these guys are drastically undersized and they were going up against Fordham to get those seven or eight sacks. It just seems like another level here on sheer size alone. And again, how many times do I have to bring this up? It's the number one thing Coach Huff said when he came here. We are going to have certain size players at each position. Mm -hmm. And it's for reasons like this. You know, we don't know uh, what happened in that Fordham game. That you know, right. they looked like they really had some strength up the middle of their defense. Dude, maybe that maybe a really great offensive lineman for Fordham was injured early, and it was like, well, <laughs> Katie bar the door because now we can't stop this pass rush. But look, even if you can get around Trent or you can get around Logan, or you still got to contend with a very very mobile Cam Fancher. Yeah, he's not just going to stand there and let you hit him, right? So. Yeah. It's going to be an entirely different animal for them this week. And and I respect these two players, the, all three of them particularly, yeah. but particularly the two on the defensive line because we're boasting our defensive line. Right. They've got some – nobody on our team has a sack yet, and much less right. six, you know, between two guys. Let's talk about the overall impact plays that this defense uh, garnered. We talked about the eight sacks. They also had that one forced fumble and a fumble recovery, along with a myriad of tackles for loss. So, again, they can make plays. Will Marshall give them the opportunity to make those plays this week? Probably sometimes, right? You can't say that we won't shoot ourselves in the foot from time to time, but by and large, it really has a Norfolk State-type feel, you know, to this game. Uh, one last thing we've got to talk about as far as a player to watch out for is they got a really bright spot at place kicker. Number 37, John Apalco, he went 2 of 2 on field goals last week and 4 of 4 on extra points. Now, granted, his long was 26 yards on a field goal, yep. but he didn't miss any, you know. So if they if they can get into that probably 30-yard line realm, you know, 25-yard line realm, probably got a puncher's chance at, at splitting the uprights here. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about is these new team stats that I want to mention this week because they're often talking points that we cover, particularly in recaps. So let's just talk about, I think it was, uh, I've got four. Penalties. They had seven penalties last week for only 60 yards, so that's a pretty decent job of taking care of the football. Time of possession, they were plus 
Uh, two and a half over the 30-minute mark, so they possessed the ball for more than half the game, 32 minutes, 11 seconds. Nine of 16 on third downs last week, Russ. 56.25% of the time they were converting, and we know that's a stat that Marshall absolutely freaking dominated last year was third down defense. And then red zone scoring. They went five of five on red zone scoring opportunities, and three of five were uh, were touchdowns. So if they can get in the red zone, they've got a knack for finding the end zone. Um, how about some keys to victory for you, Russ? First, let me touch on the kicker there, you know, okay. Palco that you mentioned. I had that down here that he did get two field goals, but the long of that was 26. That tells me a couple of things. Um more about their offense that they got down inside the 10 twice that they had to settle for a field goal. Mm -hmm. That is not going to win them a game against Marshall. Uh, but also I looked up his stats from last year and he was nine of 16. They didn't have it broken down as I hoped uh, because of the level that they're on. I'm sure they just didn't have that in, in the stats, but uh, nine of 16 for field goals in 2021. Uh, he was not their kicker. So this looks like his second full year, and he went 9 of 16 last year. Does that mean that he's not going to be a threat from 40 out? No, it does not. Uh, we just It's kind of an unknown, but the stats here tell me that if it does come down to kicks, one, I still like our chances really well, uh, but I, it just does not seem like 9 of 16 last year, and he only had two attempts here, and they were within 26 yards. Mm -hmm. I mean that's kicking from your sixteen. Yeah, um, I mean, we were we're pretty high on our guy too, right? Verhoff. We we've heard that he's his his range has improved, his accuracy yeah. has improved, yep. and he had an up and down season last year too. So yep. if if we're being fair, this guy could have, you know, turned the page and could have figured out what he needs to figure out. But I'll tell you this: coming in perfect on your kicks, you can't take that away. I don't care where right. they come from. Sure. Right? So. He's got some pretty high confidence coming into this game because he's not missed one yet. And, and 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 even if he did, it doesn't look like by the score of this game that it would have been detrimental to his team winning. So, you know, just just you know, keeping it keeping it keeping it real, I guess. You know, but uh, how about some keys? Keys to victory for me is set the tone early. Number one, you want to get out and you want to not have something where you allow them any type of momentum or any type of celebrating of we've held them to three and out, or we've held them scoreless through their first two drives. We want to get on the board early and we want to keep the foot on the gas, keep the foot on the throat. Mm -hmm. Just go for it. These games are not meant to, to be, you know, Hey, thanks for coming. We'd like to only beat you by seven. You know, we want to take it easy on you. No, just get out there. Let the athletes play. Let the athletes score. We want to score early on them and set the tone. I would tend to agree with that. My number one overall key to victory is simply stated, unleash the defense. There you go. Um, I mentioned before this is the best defense they'll play all year long. So there is no reason to just not let these guys play wide open, set the tone early, like you said, rotate in all these guys that we're really excited about. You know, there's no reason to keep – you know, owing in late in the fourth quarter, there's no. Re you might as well get these young guys this game experience that they're gonna need late in the season. So, if you unleash this defense and just let our eleven go up against their eleven, I like our chances far more than not. But that's to me is the single biggest thing. I, I think you know Albany might be fortunate to, you know, acquire three or four first downs. You know what I mean? Like it might be that type of game. 
I'm not saying it will happen, but I'm saying like I could easily see how that could it could be so stifling that that third down conversion goes from nine of sixteen to like one of fifteen. You know, it, it's just it's just our game. That's our wheelhouse. That's what we do. So let them do it. Yeah, and I think a second key to victory for me would be that uh, our passing game gets established early. If for nothing else than confidence of not only our quarterback, but our fans to see, Hey, we can do this. This is a guy let's get behind there. So I'm really hoping that we establish that passing game, even though it's an inferior opponent, uh, you can say, well, he put up 350 yards and seven touchdowns or whatever, but it was only against Albany. I don't care. We need to see that established. Yeah, I don't care if he puts up 300 yards. I just want to be able yeah. to con- consistently hit passes. That's right. Consistently move the football. Yep. Just hush the doubters and, and quiet. This is the only first opportunity you're going to have this season to do that. You know? Yep. And you don't have to go out and throw for 500 yards. You really nope. don't. But you just need to be efficient as a quarterback. But my actual number two key to victory is to utilize Fancher's true dual threat ability to game plan <laughs> away from those defensive linemen that had a great day last week. So – why give him an opportunity to get anywhere near your quarterback? We just know Cam is super athletic, and if you give him the sliver of a hole, he can burn you, you know. But he can also just roll out and hit Ali out of the backfield. He can yep. do a little stop route to Chuck Montgomery. I mean, you know, there's a lot we can do to just go a lot of the game, if not all of the game, without a defender even getting their hands on Cam's jersey. It it, it is possible with the true dual threat ability that he possesses, and to me, that's a huge. That's just a huge key to victory. You know, might as well keep him, keep that clock in his head slower, you know, so that you can make those better reads. You can make those crisper passes. It's, it's, it's very much a tuning up game for me. That's it. My third and final is uh, exactly what I said last year in a game like this. It takes almost catastrophic uh, swings in momentum from pick sixes, block punts for touchdowns, uh, situation where you're going for a field goal and you miss it and then they throw a a bomb on the very next play you have to limit or just outright do away with that not have any kind of situation where you're giving them any kind of chance to have a 14 point swing yeah uh i i still don't think i think it would take multiple i mean we're talking about uh, a bowling green type game last year where you had two unthinkable things that would happen like uh, fumbles inside the five yard line uh, but against this team, it would almost have to be that that would be a scoop and a score that you would be going down to drive uh, for a touchdown and they take it the other way on a fumble. Uh, if you limit those, obviously I think this game we, we win going away either way, but if you limit those, I feel like there is no chance for Albany. Yeah, I would have to say my number three, it's not really a key to victory as much as it's like I think it's just good practice. And that's, you know, you want to get Rasheen Ali involved early. You want to get his mojo going. And then you want to get him out of the damn game. You know, let him run and get his 100 yards real quick. If that happens in the first quarter, take the pads off, homie, because there's no reason to be back out there. You might as well let A.J. Turner, you might as well let Smoke Jones and and, uh, Ethan Payne and all these guys get some rep because why risk it, right? Why risk the biscuit against Albany? If Ali comes out and breaks three big runs real quick and, you know, gets three touchdowns and he's 120 yards and, you know, through a quarter and a half, that's it. That's it, dude. Don't need to see any more. We know what we got. And since you don't have a fourth, I'm just going to go right into my last one. And I think Marshall's real 
key to victory is to spread the ball around to all of our wide receivers, tight ends, and running backs in the passing game. Just simply out-athlete Albany, just like we mentioned earlier. We have the ability to do, to do that, so we might as well do it. Why put too much stuff on film for you know a big package of plays to Chuck Montgomery or a big package of plays to Talit Keaton? Why expose anything when you can just have East Carolina wondering, okay, well, they just passed the ball effectively to 12 different guys, including five tight ends. Like, who the hell do we game plan for, right? So being able to – I don't I want to call that misdirection. It's not really, but you're, you're, you're being effective in this game while also causing some misdirection for your preparation for week two again for your opponent. I mean, if, when you're afforded those opportunities, take them. Freaking take them. And there's one that's here, so we should take it. That's yep. it. Uh, any any final words on anything I just said before we move into an MVP? Yeah, uh, just want to touch on a couple of things. I know you mentioned Roy Alexander, but he is a threat that we have to watch. And also, uh, they held Fordham to 37 rushes, rushing yards on 31 carries, but you have to figure in. Uh, Eight sacks. N- yeah, the 50, negative 51 yards was on there. Negative uh, 44 of that was... Uh, uh, from the on the sacks, negative yeah. forty four was the rushing from the quarterback. Yeah. So you know he he had some yards, and then he lost fifty one of them to sacks. So you had that, uh, but still thirty one rushing attempts, and they would have only given up. Uh, let's see, take away the eight sacks, that would have been twenty three rushing attempts, and they would have got eighty one yards. It's not as bad then if you look at it. Yeah, but they're not playing against the top ten draft eligible running back this year. They're a not a guy who's on the, you know, bounce a comeback player of the year one watch list, a guy that could be offensive player of the year in the Sun Belt. I mean it's it's a lot, man. It's a lot for these guys. I don't envy Albany. Uh, you know, I hope their fans come and, and enjoy like being in Huntington and you can look past what a lopsided score this might be. Yep. Because, hey, you can come over and tailgate with us on the Thundercast. That's if you're right. finding the show and you're listening and you're listening to our preview and you're thinking, these guys are assholes. All they're doing is dogging our <laughs> squad. Well, we're really high on our squad. You know, they're yeah. going to be really, really good. And it's really not that we're dogging your team as much as we are very, very high on our own guys. Yeah. So uh, we don't mean it in any type of way necessarily, but we'll have a big tailgate. You guys are welcome to come over. We will welcome you in. It is a friendly landing spot. And along with that, let's transition into uh, what you just posted on uh, the, the website real quick before we go into MVPs. The MVPs. Sure. So uh, I've been working on it for a while, this uh, off season or whatever, but uh, just published it. Uh, uh, I mean, it's up. I didn't have to put it out like it's an article. But if you go to thundercast.online and you go to the tab for out-of-towners, you're going to see our visitor's guide and it's going to have places to stay, places to eat, things to do while you're in town. If you're here and you're like, well, I'm going to be here for the entire weekend. What else is there I can do? I've got stuff like that on there. And we got stuff about parking and we got stuff about tailgating. So when you go to the parking over there, you'll see uh, different options. Some that are with Marshall for single game parking. The closest one is just called the sixth Avenue lot. It's uh, between 17th and 18th Street. Um, I know that uh, it has $10 on there. And if I had to guess, I would say easily 100 spots. Uh, So park there and you're not too far away. You can go to Huntington Physical Therapy. I think that theirs is going to be around $20 a spot. And that is like nearly touching 
the parking lot for uh, mm-hmm. tailgating right around the stadium. You can park across the street uh, at uh, places like Subway and Chipotle, uh, Chipotle and um, uh, Arby's. There's a bunch of different places over there. They're first come, first serve. So you've got all those options there. And tailgating, we have our spot listed. We're in the C lot right beside McDonald's, right behind the massive scoreboard that you won't be able to, to miss. Uh, there are other uh, fan friendly, both of Marshall fans that don't have a tailgating spot, but also opposing fans. If you want to go tailgate, we've got those highlighted on there as well. This uh, will be ever evolving. People may each week say, Hey, I'm just now coming across this. Please add my tailgate. I'll get the info. I'll put it on there. And as we go along, we'll have updated photos of not only these tailgate locations uh, with what it will look like when it's set up, but we just want to have everybody's photos on there. Yeah. So, and plus we wanted to make it really easy for out of town fans that just want to go catch a game. They're like, man, I don't have a place to tailgate. Well, you do now you've got several options. In fact, already on the website, Uh, out of town fans, same thing. You know, we don't want nothing from you. If you feel like you want to walk the sheets real quick and grab a 12 pack and just contribute, that's fine. You know, but I'm just saying like, generally we'll have, it's, it's a nice place to just come and hang out with, with fan friendly folks. That's what it is. And, and yeah. mostly it's, it's family friendly too. So you yeah. don't have to worry about bringing your kids or is this going to be age appropriate? I mean, what's the worst you're going to hear at a game? Cuss words, right? Mostly. Yeah. And you got to expect that no matter where you're tailgating, it's just going to yeah. happen. So, uh, by all means go to thundercast.online. The links is in the description of this episode. You can hit the out of towners tab and you can get all the details on how to park, where to buy tickets, how to buy tickets and where to tailgate and stuff to do around town. It's a really great idea. Yeah. Each tailgate that we have listed there, uh, one still needs to get the info to me. So it's kind of incomplete, but the three that we have uh, fully fleshed out, including ours even tells you if there's anything that you need to bring, yeah. you know, for instance, I'm going to say, uh, the potty, uh, train tailgate. They said, bring whatever you want. You know, you don't have to bring anything, but if you do bring something and it needs to stay hot, or if you do bring something and it needs to stay cold, or if you do need something, uh, bring something that needs to be prepared in a certain way, just please bring that with you because they might not have every single thing. You know, they might not have a blender that week. They might not have. So if you, you have a specific item that you want to bring, totally fine with them, but they just ask that you bring the thing. All of that is in our guide. Yep. No yellow pants though. No yellow, no pants. yellow they, pants. They specified that. Russ, let's talk about MVP this week. Who's your guy? I got to go with Rasheen Ali. I think he's going to make a statement. I feel like, uh, you know, he might not have more than 10 carries depending on how the score gets out of control as I expect it to be. But uh, mm-hmm. I feel like uh, he's going to find the end zone twice. Uh, I just feel like he's going to turn a corner and go right around somebody and show everybody, hey, my wheels are okay. I'm back. Here's what you can expect this year. That is a great pick, and it came down to Rasheen Ali and who I actually chose this week as my potential MVP. But based on a conversation that I had with this guy, I can't pick anybody but Owen Porter. Uh, looking at this potential offensive line matchup and those guys not being able to just load up and stop him because you leave three-fourths of the defensive line necessarily unaccounted for, Owen's got the single-season sack record in his sights. And you heard him talk about it. He doesn't think he doesn't think about the sacks he did get last year. He thinks yeah. about the ones that evaded him, that he should have had. Which he, he said would, was at least 12. Right. He, he said, really, I think it's 15. But yeah. 
12, you know, on the low side. I think this is it, man. This is the, it's got a, a chunk of them have to come in this game, right? Because it's not going to get any, any easier for Marshall. So if he can come out and have two or three sacks, heaven sakes, four sacks, you know, that record really starts to get uh, in range after one week. And we saw what he did last year in the opener. He ended up with a scoop and score last year and had a really great game. And his season was just springboarded into this great 2022 campaign. So I love Rasheen Ali. I really think he's going to run wild too. But just solely based on the conversation that I had with Owen Porter, I think it's him this week, man. I really do. I really think it's going to be him. And I think we're looking at a potential week one Sunbelt Conference Defensive Player of the Week effort uh, because – it's it's internally internal motivation for Owen. You know, it's it's just like I'm doing this. I'm doing this. So, how about a score prediction, man? What do you got? Well, I say that we go over sixty in this. Oh, and yeah, I do. And I'm going to say sixty six. And I'm going to say that they get on the board one time seven sixty six to seven. Whoo, man! You yeah. are feeling the herd this week. I, I'm feeling the herd. Let me tell you what I don't like about that prediction is because that's going to cause you, unless you just break big play after big play, you're going to have to put some things on film, right? You're going to have to. I, I would love to see 66 hit the board, but I feel like in order to get that, you're going to have to run basic plays that just go the distance. You know, you're going to have to have 15 chunk plays that uh, the majority of those lead to a score. I'm a little bit more tense, right, or a little bit more not gun shy, but like, eh, give me 34 to 10 for the herd because I think for or not Fordham, but uh, Albany's going to pick up a garbage time touchdown when the game's well in hand. You know, it's just one of those things. They'll they'll get some fluky turnover or put them in decent field position to where they can pick up an additional 12 yards and then be in field goal range. And you know, it's just one of those type of things. Marshall cruises to a victory, you know. A lot of the doubters are hushed on Cam Fancher, and we don't put anything on film for ECU. That's that's what I feel about it. I, I still don't feel like we're going to put anything on film, and I just, I, you know, a lot of my stuff is gut, and I was on the, the head several times last year, and yeah. I was wi- wild, wildly wrong several times last year. Yeah. So it's hard to tell where this one will break down, but give me 66 to 7. Give it, I'll take it too. I would love to see that. That's like that that'd be a huge treat. How about our standard bet? One dollar? One dollar, yes. Trading All right. places. <laughs> the trading places bet. Final thoughts on Albany before we move into around the herd. No, just uh, you know, I wish uh wish both sides and uh fan bases that everyone comes out of this game with no injuries or at least no catastrophic injuries. Yep. And any Albany fan making the trip. That's a hell of a trip down. So I really want to welcome them. And I feel like everybody at Marshall will live up to their hospitality uh, name to uh, welcome those fans coming from so far away to watch their team. So best of luck to everybody. Let me say one thing. If you are a Herd fan and you listen to our show and you have happened to start uh, interacting with Albany fans this week, be sure to tell them, hey, you guys need to go follow the Thundercast, link the episode on YouTube or Spotify or whatever, because they need to know this info. They need to know yeah. where to tailgate. They need to know this stuff. So help us help visiting fans want to come back to Huntington. Help us help visiting fans contribute to our local economy. Like make it a positive experience and all that kind of stuff. For us, let's take this daggone thing around the herd. Yeah, so let's start out with uh, women's soccer. They, uh, Man, I can't believe it. I was they, wrong. They gave up a goal. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they had a draw against Indiana State, one-to-one, which that had totally slipped my mind that that ended up being a draw. Uh, Abby Hugh got that one goal and uh, got it uh, later on in the contest uh, in the second half, but the heat index reached 112 degrees. Yep. Both, both, both teams, you know, just covered in sweat, exhausted and everything. What a performance by the herd. What a performance by Alexis at goalie. Uh, they uh, are hosting Ohio on Thursday at 6 p.m. We will have tickets to give away for that. Let's all get out and support our herd ladies. Yeah, I would say that uh, I even saw that they pushed uh, the opening, the start of the game back. Yeah, it was like two hours. And they even had designated hydration breaks yeah. that normally are not part of a soccer match yeah. in order to, you know, for player safety. And yeah. they needed it. Damn. Yeah. So, but hey, end of the day, herd women's soccer is still rocking and rolling. Uh, and you're right. We will have tickets. Get out to the vet, man, and support these girls. It's fun. They're winning. It's different. You know, it's like something to be excited about. So get your tail to the vet, man. Over uh, on the men's side of the pitch, they crushed Oakland four to nothing on Thursday, backed by the hat trick by Matthew Bell, as we mentioned. Two of the goals were assisted by Alvaro Garcia Pasqual and one by Adam Amash. Uh, they absolutely mollywopped Wright State five to nothing on Monday, with uh, Marco Silva getting a hat trick before the first half was over. Like yeah. early in the first half, yeah. he got that. And uh, I got a neat little thing about that. So we gave away seven tickets to that game, our usual uh, two. And then two other uh, great herd fans gave uh, three and two respectively since they weren't going to be there. And we were able to put some butts in those seats. And I was telling one of those individuals that went uh, because it was their first soccer game that they had gone to at a college level. They were able to take the, the entire family, three of them that went and uh, he said, you know, I, I'm just not as familiar with the, uh, the rules and everything. And I said, well, let me tell you what you witnessed. It's rare to see a hat trick. Mm-hmm. It is even more rare to see one in back-to-back games be the only <laughs> two on the, on the season. But as I understand it, Mr. Silva there had his first ever goal in the first half. And then he went on to have a hat trick in yeah. the first half. Yeah. Uh, that was some extremely rare air that uh, everyone witnessed there on Monday. Um, also, Matthew Bell picked up a, his fourth goal, as we talked earlier. And uh, Garcia Pasqual finally scored. And I say finally because he has been attacking the goal like a madman. And uh, he got that one. And you could see, you know, he got that yeah. one. Got the, got the monkey off his back. Now he's just ready to go off. Uh, next up is this Friday at 7.15. We welcome Xavier. Also, we'll have tickets to that. and should be a really good matchup. Yeah. Man, this soccer team is just freaking dominating. You know, They're I, just... I, I say all the time, I don't know anything about soccer, but I know what I'm seeing. You know what I mean? Like you know, you know a Molly Wap when you see one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't need somebody to tell me that a 5-0 match is – you know, of an ass whooping. <laughs> and, and it's the way that those five went down too. I mean, you know, it was just like early on, it was just, I think that there was a, a shot on goal in the first minute and 15 seconds. And then uh, right after that uh, we scored, you know, within, I think within the first seven minutes or something. And then you're looking at a hat trick in the first, uh, to put you up for nothing yeah. in the first half. Uh, 
Uh, one thing that I do want to note too is we rotated goaltender or goalkeepers. It was, uh, you know, who are we going to have in? Who are we going to have in? And uh, uh, Parada was in there for the start and has just been an absolute wall, even though he didn't have much to defend in this game. But we put uh, the others in there that we expected to have some playing time as well. And uh, everybody has done great, as you can imagine, not giving up a goal so far in the season. Crazy. This team is just so special, man. It's so special. What's next? All right. So we've got volleyball. They uh, lost three sets to zero versus the Citadel, but they came back that same day and swept Matthew and Cookman. And then the very next day swept them again. So that puts them at two and one on the year. Montague, Lydia Montague and Jasmine Parrish were both named to the all tournament team. Yeah. Uh, this was at the bash at the beach, uh, just north of Daytona, was it? Yeah, but Bethune Cookman's in Daytona, but I don't know where the if that tournament gotcha. was played on campus or whatever. Uh, the Marshall Invitational begins on Thursday, and they'll be there Thursday, Friday, and Saturday playing, but they kick off uh, 6.30 p.m. on Thursday. So if you're not going to be down watching soccer, you better be over watching volleyball. Yeah, great opportunity to get out there in a – in a uh, loud environment in the cam, you know, blow off a little steam, cut loose we, a little bit. We will have tickets to that as well. We went yep. all in, so we will have tickets for you for that. We're just giving tickets away like crazy. And like, uh, like, we, yeah, we need a van that just says free tickets on it. <laughs> and free tickets, inquire within. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my uh, God. <laughs> uh, baseball, we picked up a commitment. Catcher slash first baseman Jackson Golden of the 2024 class committed. And he just put that on social media yesterday. And over at softball, keeping it with uh, the diamonds, the light poles have begun being set. I think they might actually even be done with the poles right now, or at least the bases of them. So we're going to have our first dot under the lights very soon. I know, man. How cool is that? And, you know, not, it's not just the lights. It's, Video boards. Video boards. You know, they needed a little bit of an upgrade over there, man. So they got it. Um, I don't know. This this era, this Morgan Zirkle era is getting a lot of shiny new things to give her more tools to, you know, really just succeed in year one. And you look back at that recruiting class and the portal moves and all that kind of stuff. It's it's you, you start to feel okay. You know, um, you start to feel okay. I'm looking forward to at some point now that the athletes uh, unlimited season is over, you know, our coaching staff will be in Huntington. They can really, you know, commit to the the program now. And, and you know, you're going to see a lot of team building schools back in session. The girls are on campus. You know, it's going to be uh, kicking into high gear. And, and I'm really looking to forward to an opportunity to uh, get Morgan on the show and, and get her and, and – uh, expectations on this transition year for herd softball but lights are great man i like the idea of night games i mean baseball under baseball i say baseball but you know baseball under the lights is always cool and i bet dot hicks field can be equally electric under the lights in the right circumstances i think this is pretty cool man i'm looking forward to both uh, the jack getting uh done and the dot getting uh you know nestled into that whole complex and just how it all looks when it's done. It's going to be, it's an exciting time, man. It really is. It's just an exciting time. Well, so with the lights, there was uh, at least one game that I went to that they had to call it uh, because of darkness and mm -hmm. everything. And uh, there's uh, also been uh, times that 
the games are in the early afternoon during work and I, you know, I'm working and couldn't be there. So uh, just the opportunity to go in the evening times and not have to worry about, Hey, let's uh, let's try to get this game in cause it's going to rain. And then it's also going to get dark around this time. You know uh, you don't have to worry about that when you've invested in your program. And this is one of those things. We're going to have a nice new video board and scoreboard and we're going to have nice lights. Uh, men's cross country picked third in the preseason Sunbelt Conference coaches poll, and to outdo them, women's cross country was picked second. Yep, lots of love there because Abby the Great's back for another year. She jokingly said, "Last season, I swear, you know." And we're <laughs> like, "Hey, just keep on coming back, right?" Yeah, because we love talking. Still, we've been talking about this athlete of ours for probably more than anybody else like the number yeah. of mentions in individual episodes she probably leads the league in individual mentions and individual episodes and yet we've still never met her in person so yeah she was even a student teacher at, uh, at my kids school last year and I, I probably saw her over there uh, several times and just didn't you know uh, not seeing her in a yeah. Uh, in a in situation a, where she's at track, you know, right. you talked about that before when uh, the fans first day that you get to go there and see these people that you probably are seeing, you know, but they have a helmet on, you know, right. and you see them out. Uh, so it's same difference here. You know, I probably even, you know, waved and said hi as I do to different teachers over there and uh, <laughs> never, Didn't never know. put two and two together. Yeah. But it's Abby, the great back big time Kylie Maston. I love, I like that. I, I don't know why I call her that, but um they're both back to lead this herd, you know, women's cross country squad. And second is pretty nice, man. I, I shout out to Coach Bowen for getting both sides of the cross country program elevated. You know, yeah. uh, I'm really excited about them. Now there's something to, there's an expectation. Now it's just not, well, we're, you know, we're fielding a team. We'll see where we land. No, you've, you've got expectations now. And, and if you're a fan, that's where you want to be. If you're a coach, if you're an athlete, that's where you want to be. You want to have to have your, feet held to the fire a little bit and and it looks like we're right there now and uh to wrap up around the herd i've got tennis uh thunder in the mountains will be 922 through 924 in charleston that is uh shaping up to be an epic weekend but we got some conflicting things you know some in charleston some down here but that's when virginia tech comes to town and uh also have can't remember who it is uh is that when Pitt is playing here no i can't remember there's a there's a big uh big soccer game that weekend but anyway thunder in the mountains uh is marshall versus wvu at the charleston uh tennis uh courts there in always well attended and a big weekend that everyone looks forward to because it's let's face it marshall versus wvu there's bragging rights in no matter what you do yeah that does it for me for around the herd, unless you got something. I got nothing, man. That's very all-inclusive type thing, and I'm just happy that game week is here. I am yeah. ec ecstatic that game week is here because I'm going to find myself, unless we get washed away down here over the next two days, I'm going to find myself in Huntington, West Virginia on Friday morning to start my weekend, and, and it's always great to be back in Huntington, man. It just it really is, and I've been looking forward to seeing – the Kentucky Mash Boys again, and I've been mm -hmm. looking forward to seeing uh, you again and all of our other friends there and just being around Jones C. Edwards Stadium, the, 
the electricity that's in the air, all the Kelly green flying around. It just feels good, man. It's soul cleansing, you know, and for somebody that lives so far away and doesn't get to do that very often, like I can't just pop over to a hoops game or a softball game or anything, right? It's, it's, it means so much to be able to just see that and be there, you know, and, and take in some of that energy. But the last thing I've got to say before you take us out of here is it's happy birthday to Russ living good today. Uh, he's now joined me as the same age. I'm 13, 12, was it 13 days older than him. And he only gets a little under two weeks to make those jokes. And now we're the same age again. So, you know, a little social media shout out on the Twitter timeline earlier, but can't have an episode without saying a happy birthday to a very near and dear friend of mine, co-host of this podcast. I mean, our lives are intertwined more eerily similar than most people. Most two friends probably are, but uh, it's just really cool, man. This, this uh, friendship has never really gone away in over 25 years. And and now look at us, you know, (laughs) Yeah, this week marks 26 years since we uh, met there at uh, uh, joining the uh, same fraternity Mm -hmm. at Marshall. Uh, and everything has been eerily uh, intertwined since each other's weddings, uh, kids born the same year, uh, married the same year, that sort of thing. So uh, roommates in college. Uh, you mentioned Kentucky Mash Boys, but thank you for the, the happy birthday. But you mentioned Kentucky Mash Boys. And I have to say that uh, I picked up some custom labels yesterday. Mm-hmm. And uh Wow the Kentucky mash boys have selected uh, their own barrel of new riff whiskey, and they are going to do a green wax dip uh, on that for Marshall. And they're going to put this label on there and it's got our logo, Kentucky mash boys logo. And it's going to be a kind of a custom bottle for anybody that's into a uh, single barrel rye whiskey and a barrel pick. Uh, they're going to have it at the tailgate for sale for anybody that wants that. So uh, hit up the Kentucky Mash Boys while you're over there. They would be the guys that have those smokers and will be bringing the uh, pulled pork, the whole yard birds, the wings, even though I may fry up some wings, I think they may smoke them first. Uh, And then we're going to have, let's see. Don't forget the burn ins, man. Oh yeah, burn-ins. I, well, I was trying not to tell anybody so I could eat them all. You know, it's like, no, we don't got burn-ins. Yeah, we're not doing but, that. But uh, we've got uh, mac and cheese, uh, smoked mac and cheese, and we're going to have uh, some baked beans and uh, slaw. We're going to do it upright. Come hungry, we'll be over there. I don't know. I'd say they said food would be done around one-ish. So mm-hmm. even if it's delayed a little bit by two, we should have the food out don't really know exactly what time we'll be set up with all of our stuff, but uh, we'll be going tailgate live for Thundercast live powered by Ignite link. We will have that every single home game this year, but uh, we will have that over there at some point around that time as well. Yeah. And an upgraded setup for Thundercast live. So yeah. you folks that tuned in the out of towners that couldn't make it to a game and you tuned in on our YouTube channel to watch Thundercast live. You're going to see a, a new look set up this year, a better setup. Jed is taking his game to another level and just continues to overly impress with what he's able to do for us. And, you know, we've, we're working on having a guest during Thundercast live, not going to let the cat out of the bag because we just never know how schedules will work out. But that's something that's on the table right now. Somebody you that uh, if if we're able to nail that down, you folks are going to love to 
uh, be able to hear from. So if you're around, come to the tailgate. Maybe you'll see that in person. I'm going to up that and say we're working on two, three guests. Three. Holy moly, three. But two of them, uh, if it works out, would be in the same segment. So two different segments with special guests that uh, you would probably be really wanting to hear from. So cool, man. Cool. We hope, we hope uh, you know, obviously we had to worry about their schedules and when we're yeah. doing stuff, uh, we're hoping that it'll work out, but we hope to bring that to you. Awesome. So, on that show, we'll be doing a little bit of uh, the breakdown, what we did today, just talking about that, you know, uh, by that time, the two deep roster will be out by that time, you know, any injury reports should be for both teams that you'll be able to hear a little bit of it, uh, and that sort of thing. So uh, we hope to have a, a really good uh, tailgate show and we hope to see everybody there. Yeah. Hell yeah. Take us out of here, man. All right. Also, we're going to see uh, Thunderwalk over there at three 30. So uh, don't forget that. Uh, anybody that's going to be on the West lot that happens at, uh, two and a half hours before kickoff every time. So three 30, you should be lined up for the thunder walk. And, uh, also want to give a shout out to coach Huff on, uh, congratulations on the birth of another little baby boy. Mrs. Mm -hmm. Huff gave birth. Everybody's happy, healthy, that sort of thing. And, uh, I tell you, those two are rock stars to be able to juggle all that they do and taking this on right before the season. Our uh, best uh, congratulations that we can give goes out to the Huff family. That's right, man. Blaze Otto Huff, the newest member of the herd. Yep. And uh, no matter where you see us, if you see us over at the Joan, if you see us over at the Cam watching volleyball, or if you see us in the sea lot with two smokers eating burn ins and everything else, no matter where you see us, we're going to be saying, go herd. Go herd. It's the Thundercast. We'll see you guys in just a few days live from the sea lot. Later.